0: ...by Pastor Adrian. I'll give him a hand. Come on, guys. Thank you, Pastor Phil. You may be seated. God bless you. Let's quickly uh, go back to the Scriptures. We were talking this morning about being wise, anointed, and prosperous. And I declare to you that some of us, without a doubt, are going to make this transition from where we are now to where God really wants us to be. And that's, I believe, He wants us to be wise, but He wants us to be anointed with that wisdom, He wants us to carry the Spirit of the Lord in our generation, His presence. But I actually believe He wants us to be very prosperous, not just prosperous. And the Lord wants to take this church into its true destiny to affect and impact this whole region for Christ. This is really a regional church. It's not just a a little local church. Who agrees with me? You know, the size of the land God's given you is not so that you can fail. He's given you this so that you can be a great success in His name. Are you with me? Amen. And then this place can become all that God wants it to be. Let's go quickly to the book of Proverbs and pick up a little bit of where we were this morning. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Very good. Let's give her a hand, everybody. Just quickly, Proverbs 24 and verse 5. It's okay, I'm used to preaching in the rain because the same sound in our building at home. And so uh, I just hope that you can concentrate and focus. So Proverbs 24 and 5 says, A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Safety. Here again, the Lord is speaking to us about having his wisdom in our lives. A wise man is strong. And the church is really about building strong men and strong women. And I believe this, what's going to happen in our generation is not all the men are going to be the big uh, makers and movers and shakers. A lot of the women are going to be movers and shakers. Who believes that? And uh, I believe this, that as the Lord raises up churches like yours, what he does is he raises up individuals in that church so that they can become pivotal to what he wants to do. And sometimes we may look at that and think, well, why did God choose Andrew? he's handsome he's 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 you know he's a good dresser he's got a great uh appearance and atmosphere about his life great vibe over his life isn't it you know he's the youth. why did god choose him because god wants to make an example of him not in a negative way but in a positive way god wants him to shine so that when the church looks at him they go wow we've got a leader here that actually is doing the stuff he's preaching not just preaching it And I believe what God wants us to do is get strong and in that wisdom that He brings to us, begin to be recognizable among the people of our congregation so that that man increases in the way of the Lord and in the knowledge of the Lord. And as he increases in strength and wise counsel, he can wage a war against the works of darkness and break us through in areas that we would not have been able to break through if God hadn't have delivered something to the individual. Are you with me? That's the way God works. He raises men and women, men and women up To become sons and daughters of the house. And I know what that's about. I'm a pastor. And we've been pastoring for 34 years in one place. I'm telling you, when you stay that long in one place, you better have something in your life for people to follow. Because you can't preach the same sermon every week. You can't tell the same story every week. But God raises you up and he increases you. In the power of wisdom and in the power of the anointing so that you can prosper in the things of God. Because prosperity is not just a money word. It's a whole area of life word. Amen. Uh, I'm riding a 1900 Yamaha motorcycle now. Nine, nearly two liter motor car. Who's got a two liter car? In between two wheels. It's like a car engine between two wheels. And recently, can I tell you the story? Is this okay? We got a few minutes. I was coming past our previous office after I'd been to lunch with Andrew, my son, who's taken over the church, and this lady did a U-turn in front of me, and she didn't even look, and she told me she didn't look, and as she did a U-turn in front of me, I had five seconds to make a decision. Shall I hit her, or shall I hit the brakes? What would you do? What would you do? I hit the brakes. Was that what you would do? I hit the brakes and when I hit the brakes, I went flying over the handlebars and landed on the road with my bare hands. I didn't have my leather gloves on that day. Landed on my knees and my bare hands and she came rushing across me. She said, oh, you all right? You all right? She said, I'm really sorry. I said, no, you're not as sorry as me. Have a look at the blood on my hands. And she said, oh, I didn't look. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But in the ups and downs of life, we face challenges getting to the prosperity zone, but that doesn't mean to say we should give up because God wants us to keep going and break through again and believe him again. Who's with me? And be the kind of people that have the anointing of God with the wisdom of God flowing in our lives and literally break through for Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to Romans 12 together because quickly I want to move on tonight in the short time that we've got between now and monday morning i've got nowhere to go i've got nowhere to go between now and tomorrow morning is that all right the apostle paul preached till the early hours of the morning and people even fell out of the window during his preaching because it was so long-winded but he wasn't satisfied with that he went down and raised them up from the dead and brought them back to finish his sermon oh how easy we've got it today in the church haven't we who's with me and uh, here we go. Romans 12 two, He says to us in this passage, don't be conformed to this world. Don't pay attention. Don't build your lifestyle on the way they do. Don't be conformed to this world. But he goes on and says, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what God is saying here is that we've got to get a fresh new wave of God thinking into our spirit so that we can become much more of a breakthrough generation in our time in history on the earth. I don't know if it's true, but somebody said the moon or Mars is coming closer to the earth at the end of August. Is it true? I don't know if it's true or is it a hoax? It's true? Okay, let's, let's assume that it's true, just for my sake tonight, okay? I've got the microphone, so that's all that matters. And it's coming closer to the earth, twice the size of the moon, Mars. They say at the end of August, it, it will come close to the earth, twice, just believe me, twice the size of the moon. And they say this, it'll only happen once And it won't happen again for another 60,000 years. Guess what? I won't be here in 60,000 years, will you? So if it does come, it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. If there's no rain and no clouds, and we look up and see this thing twice the size of the moon. Can you imagine that in our lifetime? And then we tell our kids, guess what? Before you were born, right? before you were born, this incredible thing happened in the heavens and you'll never see it again in your lifetime. Isn't that true? You see, our kids will go, oh, really? I suppose, you know, and they'll wonder whether we're telling them, uh, you know, a myth or a story or a fantasy or we've been, you know, we've been uh, been out with the fairies somewhere, you know. Um, But I believe there is a once in a lifetime opportunity for Christians like you and I. To lay hold of our destiny. To lay hold of the wisdom of God, the anointing of God, and the the power of God in our generation to become prosperous people. How does it happen, Pastor Adrian? I'm glad you asked. We've got to have a renewed mind. Because God speaks to us through the vehicle of our mind. God speaks to us through the vehicle of our mind. And what He wants us to do is let go of small thinking... You know, small thinking is, well, 30 people is enough in our church, isn't it? Nobody will pay attention to me if we get any bigger than that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's the idea. If we get big enough, we don't want everybody paying attention to us. We want to pay attention to the bigger thing that God's doing with us as a team and as a generation of people that could shake the cities of the world. Amen. We don't want to just be thinking about us forever, do we? How many want to be thinking about what God wants to do in the earth, in our generation? So I believe this, we need a passion to have an enlarged mindset and we need people who have got bigger, bolder, transformed minds where small thinking that limits our potential has been eradicated and we've become a people who resist small thinking and overcome small thinking because... There is something ahead of us for all of us to be living for in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's with me? Big thinkers releasing the potential that God has for our journey. That's very quiet in here because I'm doing all the talking. So let's stop that for a minute. In the few minutes that we've got left, we've got about three. So that's one for you, one for me, and one for Pastor Phil. Three minutes left. Um, Pastor Kong He has three boutiques of the best fashion wear in the whole world, and his pricing in his boutiques. If you go and buy a pair of jeans there, you can't buy them for seven ninety nine. Do you know the price of the jeans in his in his shop? Seven hundred dollars each and up from there. Does anybody here buy a seven hundred dollar pair of jeans? Any- Oh, okay, okay, okay. You must be the money man in the house then. If, you could, if he could do that for that, imagine what he could do for the kingdom if he, really got, if he really got there where God is going. Who's with me? Who's with me? So he's got these incredible shots. How did he, as a pastor of a 30,000-member congregation, make a decision to live outside the realm of ordinary and, and live in the realm of extraordinary. And he says it's because he chose to have a bigger thinking mindset that the church owed him nothing. And so he doesn't draw a wage from the church. He draws a wage from his businesses so that he can preach and teach and minister the word all over the world. And he's traveling all over the world, everywhere he goes now, preaching. God wants you and I to get outside small thinking. He wants us to be big thinkers, not little stinkers. Who's with me? Big thinkers in the kingdom of God so that we can let go of this small mindset thinking that stops us and limits us in the potential that God has for our world. And he works through that channel of your thinking. In Ephesians 320 he says, "If you can think it, God can do more. If you can allow your mind to think of what it will be like when the building is up and there 's two to three thousand people coming here every week, and it 's hard to get a seat and it 's hard to get a car park, but you 're able to park under the new building, and so when the hailstorms come, who cares?" Because you guys are undercover, how good is it going to be? Don't tell me you won't have a great coffee shop because coffee's big in Australia, isn't it? Who's, who's big on coffee? Let me see your hand if you're big on coffee. Don't tell me we won't have some nice something there that will just bless us in every way. But we will have a bigger, bolder influence and impact as we believe to be the kind of people that could make a difference In our generation. And really what it is, is overcoming small thinking. That's all it is. Overcoming small thinking. Releasing and empowering a bigger way of thinking. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man or a woman thinks, so is he. So if you think you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you think you can do it, $600 pair of jeans and then throw them around the house and leave them on the floor and let somebody else pick them up and wash them. If you think you can do it, you can do it. But if you don't think you can do it because your mind has not been transformed. And listen, I want to tell you this. In John 17, uh, Jesus said this. He said, the glory that I had with you, Father, in John 17, I have given to them, to you. And he says, this glory that he's given to you is transforming power for you to be released from small thinking, for you to be released from small attitudes and getting into a big attitude before God and going, nothing is too hard. Jeremiah 32, nothing is too hard for the Lord. We're going to dare to believe for at least a thousand young people in our youth group. It's going to be one of the biggest in the country. It doesn't have to be any less than that. It's determined by us. How do I know this? Because I've spoken to the people who are doing it. Kathy and I flew to Bogota, Colombia. How many hours on the plane? 27, 28 hours on the plane to Colombia. It was a long way. How many of you like to fly long distances? If you're in cattle class, you want to get there within an hour. If you're in the pointy part of the plane, you don't mind. There's a lot more seat room and leg room there. And so we went to Bogota, Colombia, and the senior pastor loved coffee. And seven Australian pastors had an interview with him, and we asked him the question, how did he get his church to be 230,000 members? Did you hear me? Two hundred you're still sitting there quite tame. What's going on? You should be a little bit hyperactive now, some of you. Two hundred and thirty thousand members in one church. And the youth service that runs on a Saturday in that church leads one thousand people to Christ every week. One thousand people to Christ every We only want a thousand in our lifetime. That'd be pretty big in Australia, wouldn't it? But they're getting a thousand a week. It's crazy, all right, man. How many of you want to be crazy, though, if that's the way it is? That's the way it is. You see, in God, it's only as big as we determine in our hearts that we want it to be because God's building big people to build big churches because he cares about a big world that is in a state of hopelessness right now. And unless we come with the answer that is Jesus, they are not going to hear it. And listen, if they don't bow to Christ in this generation now, The Bible says they will bow their Christ on their way to hell. If that doesn't challenge you, something should. They're either going to bow now to Jesus or they're going to bow on their way to hell. That's a big challenging thought, isn't it? So we drank some coffee, went to see this pastor, seven of us. And he said, uh, before you ask me any, any questions, I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Or I'd rather be drinking coffee. And we thought, oh, well, how rude. We've come this far. And you're saying things like that to us. We're Australians, don't you know? And, and so, but he didn't, he wasn't worried about that. He spoke to us through the interrupter that we call the interpreter. And the interpreter said, he said, and, and then he says, well, before, you know, you ask me any questions, how did you get 230,000 people? Let me ask you this question. And This was the question. And you should be writing it down tonight. What do you want? if you don't know what you want, then anything will do. What do you want? Uh, It hit me like a ton of bricks. I went, what do I want? And big mouth me, among seven other pastors, I'm going, shut your mouth Adrian say nothing now you know what do I want I've just come out of seven years of revival services man where I'm believing we're going to shape the cities of the world where I'm believing the nations fall at his feet where I'm believing that we are not here just to fail or to be average or mediocre we're here to succeed for the gospel of Jesus Christ he didn't die without a purpose he died and shed his blood for the greatest cause all humanity coming to him are you with me so I'm thinking, oh, God, I know what I want. And I'm going, and Kathy's looking at me with that eternal smile. I'm going, well, I know what I want, Pastor. And he said, before you say anything, I go, oh, save the bell. Before you, he says, let me ask you the second question. And this you should write down. It blew me away. When do you want it? When do you want it? I thought, when do I want it? I thought that was God's business. I thought that was nothing to do with me, surely to goodness. Isn't God sovereign? Yes, of course he is. And my mind started racing in a thousand miles. What do I want and when do I want it? And he said, then he said, I'm writing a book called Dream. You can win the world. And his wife was running for president. <laughs> Who's running for prime minister in Australia from Tagara? Who's running for who? Where, where are you? Where are you? Who, stand up for a moment. Where, where are you? Stand up. If you're running for prime ministership, it, he, she, the guy that tripped over, two weeks saved and wants to be the prime minister. God. God help us get him trained at least before he goes into the office. Now, he might just make it if he's trained and empowered in the right way. I was in Port Elizabeth preaching, and I'm on the last three minutes, I know. And I've been on the last three minutes, I didn't say when it started or when it stopped. I was in Port Elizabeth preaching on a Thursday morning two weeks ago. And 10 unsaved boys came with a notebook and sat in the meeting with the pastors and the business people. And a young man sat in the front row. And I looked at him all through my teaching and preaching. I thought, you've got a lot more in you, man, than you recognize. And we need somebody who can believe in us, somebody who can speak over us, that when we get a transformed mind, we can go a lot further than we possibly imagined we would do alone. And I looked at this young man and I thought, you're marked out for greatness. I know how I started out. I was a bike thief. That's how I made my money, stealing bikes at the local swimming pool. I used to steal them and then resell them and make a lot of money so I could buy my cigarettes. That's how I made all my money. Man, I was into cash. I was 10 years of age when I started this trip. And I was so good at it. I could steal your bike while you were at the pool and you'd come out. and There'd be nothing to ride home, but I'd ridden it home, man. And before you knew where it had gone, it had already been recycled. I was into environment before people were into it. I'd recycled it, different wheels, different handlebar, different seat, and resold it within a couple of days. That's how I started out. I looked at this young boy sitting in the front row and I said, what do you do? And he looked at me as blank as blank could be. I said, oh, are you a Christian? He said, no. Nah, uh, no and i said wouldn't it be wonderful if you became the prime minister of south africa because you know the current prime minister only did primary school education the current prime minister did primary school education that's the limit of his educational experience and i think the kingdom of god is an equal opportunity for every person who chooses to believe that what God says in his word can and must be fulfilled in our generation. So I brought this young guy out and said, come here. You know, when you call them up and they look all embarrassed. Come here. I said, now, I want you to stand in front of all these people. I started opening my wallet and I pulled out 100 rand. I said, is 100 rand enough? And he looked at me. He said, nothing. I said, is 200 rand enough? And he looked at me. I said, what about three? He's never seen money like this in his entire life. What am I doing? I'm investing in the kingdom of God, in raising another man to become a leader in the house of God, and he's not even yet converted. You see, that's the way God thinks. God thinks outside the box. He chooses from the most diverse backgrounds, people of different experiences and different examples. And he calls in the crooks and the lawyers and the the criminals and the prostitutes. And he doesn't care where they come from. As long as he puts his power and his wisdom in their life. Thank you, Kathy. And then, boom, they become prosperous. So I put 500 rand into his hand. I said to him, now, write this down. 10% belongs to the Lord. I want you to be in church this Sunday and start tithing. He's not a Christian yet. I said, you need to come to church and start tithing. He said, yes, pastor, yes, pastor. I said, and then what you need to do is go and open a bank account and save the rest. And as I said that, a man from the back came down and gave him another 500 rand. This is like six months' pay. In two minutes, God is an investor. God is a multiplier. God wants you to think outside the box. That whatever he does, he does exceedingly well because he's concerned about cities, nations, and tens of thousands of people coming out of darkness, out of hell, out of destruction into light. Amen. And he'll use anybody that's available. Are you with me? If he can speak to a donkey, why not an Australian? Come on, if he can can use anything, Lord, why don't you use me? He said, I will if you'll have a big mindset. If you limit me, then I can't do it. Because he will only do what he can do according to the way you think. Ephesians 3.20. So I'm finishing. The keyboard player's coming back. I'm coming back next time. Whenever that happens. I don't know when... I don't know where next time is, but bless the Lord anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Close your eyes, please. God speaks through your mind. When your heart is right, he speaks through visions and dreams. He speaks through his word and he speaks to your mind. And he says, this is where you were, but I'm not leaving you there. I'm pulling you out of that. I'm going to put my spirit on you. You You're going to become a large man and a large woman. I'm going to make an example of you because I want strong churches on the earth because the devil has had enough play. He's had enough airplay. The time of the Lord has come, the time of the spirit, time of a new season when thousands will come to Christ. And we believe that God will use us right here because that's why he's raising us up. Full of wisdom, full of the anointing, follow the prosperity of God and we learn to think that nothing is impossible with God nothing so count yourself in tonight right now in this moment in your heart give yourself permission just say to yourself I give me permission to be everything I'm called to be I'm going to have a big mindset talk to yourself right now talk to yourself go I give me permission to succeed in this because I am called of God in my time in history. I'm never coming again. I'm never coming in another generation. I'm only going to be here this time around. And you know, when I look from my position now, I'm 63, I'm thinking if I've got till, you know, another 25 years, something like that, I've got to make every day count. I've got to make every moment count now. I can't afford to waste my life or waste my time. I've got to have the God thinking stuff settled so I can become a big thinking person and God can use me ha oh.